Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is one of those songs that I've heard a million times and I could never tell you who it was. I just added this to uh, the Al's Boring Vibes playlist that I put together, Jerry. Uh, Michael Penn. Michael Penn. Sean Penn's brother. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Will he be playing at the Mammoth Theater? Uh, that's probably soon? where he would be playing <laughs> if he were still playing, yes. And you will be there front row. He had another song that had some radio play called uh, This and That. It's off the same record, I mm. believe. So he had two songs. I don't know where, where he uh, went. But that was an era of music where there were so many people that had, like, just one song. Yeah. And then they would... A one-hit wonder. But different than, like, the 80s one-hit wonders, which had kind of weird... That 80s had weird the sounding... music was weird. Yeah, the music was weird. Yeah. This was, like, more traditionally sounding music, but people come in, have a hit, and never see them, see them again. Yeah, well, it's, I guess, easier to, to write one than it is write multiple ones, which is sure why the is. ones that do it... For a long time, you really can applaud them. Yes, I uh, I, do, I give a big standing ovation. Jerry. Mm. Um, by the way, I was asking you yesterday or the day before, one of these days, about uh, like when did Bill Belichick become kind of douchey? Yeah. Um, well, in watching this uh, Patriots documentary, uh, it was a spygate. So that okay. was it. that's where the line got drawn in the sand, where he became a douche hmm. to the media, to everybody. So you're telling me that press conferences prior to that, it was the more bubbly? Correct. Belichick, really? I he would, would thought smile, his entire he would time laugh. with the Patriots. Interesting. No. It was that uh, Spygate stuff because that's when he started getting questions about things other than what were going on on the field. Oh, sure. He wouldn't answer, and he felt betrayed by Eric Mangini. Yeah, well, Mangini was defending his guys. So. Yeah, so, he, so I, I guess the people uh, in this documentary said that after that, he, like, distanced himself from everybody and just became a douche. Well, there you go. Line in the sand. La- drew a line in the sand there, Jerry. One thing we did also find out, good news for Giants fans here in the area oh, listening. what's this? Well, just in this documentary series, is that after the Giants beat them in that Super Bowl where they were, like, 19-0 and or 18-0, and whatever the hell they were, mm-hmm. were they 19-0 and and then they went into that Super Bowl? Uh, well, they went 16-0, and won the two playoff games, or 18-0. and Okay, so they're right? eight. Yeah. Right, because they would have had the first round by division around championship. Yeah. Okay, so they were 18 and 0. They're going for 19 and 0, and the Giants beat them. And a guy, they, one of the craft uh, sons who works on the team, mm-hmm. Jonathan, maybe, maybe, said that after the game, players were crying and vomiting. Vomiting? He said he's never seen. And it was cool. You know, the, sometimes these documentaries do this now where they take something that 
clearly the person doesn't think is going to be in the film. Right. Like it's off camera. Yeah. And they keep, they must, they must have the rights to everything. Yeah. Because this craft guy goes, oh man, he goes, I never saw anything like it. Those players were crying. They were, they were vomiting all over the locker room. And he goes, I think of a better way to say that. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I don't know where to put that. And they put this whole thing in. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah. So Giants fans got to be like. By the way, there's nothing to hide there. It's so long ago. Like, whatever. Yeah. I guess the vomiting thing is where we see players cry. You do see players cry. And that's, I think fans actually like it in a way because it shows they give a damn. Um, the vomiting one yes. is interesting. That's weird. What was it? Uh, Donovan McNabb vomited on the field, right? Oh, yeah. During Don- the Super uh, Bowl. Donovan McNabb, yeah. Um, but to to do that after you lose, I guess you're just so sick that you didn't complete that unbeaten yeah. perfect season. Yeah, that's multiple wild. multiple vomitings, Jerry. Isn't it amazing that it was the Giants that got them twice? Twice, isn't that something? Yeah, and Eli Manning. That is really remarkable. Yeah, who does not look athletic? No, but he's like Gumby. You just you can't break him. You can't break the guy. Mm-mm. No, and there's when you look at a season like last year, where there were what. 60-something, 70-something starting quarterbacks because of all the injuries and all the backups that got to play or make a start or take a snap. And you think about the way that guy was out there like a Favre every yeah. single game. It's Unbelievable. Just unreal. It's also weird how, like, in that Super Bowl, the Giants' game plan was, Michael Strahan said, we were going to hit Tom Brady yes. on every play. Yeah. And we heard that of Rex Ryan of with Tom Brady. So but there's two, yeah. That, Why which aren't is a, every team because doing you it? can't get to them. Like that's a great game plan. But if your offensive line is better than your defense, if their offensive line is better than your defensive line, and you can't get to the quarterback, guess what? You're not going to do hit the quarterback. You can't. But they were a dominant defensive pass rush, and they were able to really take him off his spot, move him out of the pocket, flush him out, and they hit him. And that's how you be. You can be the greatest quarterback in the world if you've got no time to throw. You stink. Get out. Yeah, and then like I hear teams talking about Patrick Mahomes like that, right? Oh, we're gonna hit him. We're gonna, but he runs well, around. He's a little different because he can make a lot out of nothing with his feet and his creativity. Yeah. That's what to me separates him from really anybody else I've ever seen. I'm sure others have done it like him to some degree, but I've never seen anything this good. Like I mean, literally, he can be flushed out of a pocket, about to get just leveled. And he'll have one of these underhand scoop, no-look passes. And there's Travis Kelsey come running across the field, and there he is. Right. And it might be a one-yard gain, but for everybody else, it'd be a four-yard loss and maybe an injury. Uh, he's been remarkable. He really has been. The other thing I forget about that Super Bowl with the Tyree helmet catch, as amazing as that mm-hmm. was, the Patriots got the ball back with like 10 seconds mm-hmm. left. And Tom Brady threw a real deep right ball. Right through the hands of, oh, don't tell me. Uh, Right, right through his hands. Well, it, he had a jump, and he was double covered. But he it went t- through his hands. It touched his fingertips, and as he said, because it touched my fingertips, I think about that play every day. Who was it? Moss. Yeah, Randy it was Randy Moss. Moss. Yeah, was it really? Who was so dominant that year for the Patriots? Oh, I didn't realize it was Randy Moss. Yeah. Okay. He said it hit his, and you could see it that he did have the height over the two giant yeah. defenders. But it just nicked off the top that's of his. How, and that's how close it can be. Right. Very similar. I mean, he didn't catch it. But similar to the Aaron Rodgers throw in the Cowboy playoff game with the Packers a few years ago after the Cowboys had taken the lead with not much time yeah. left at all. Or maybe tied it. No, I think they took the lead. I don't remember. Um, and then he throws that crazy sideline pass 
that the guy goes up and catches, gets his feet in, and then they kick a 50-yard field goal or a 55-yard field goal and beat them. That's where the Patriots could have been had he made that catch. Right. Yeah, it's, listen, it's a game of injury. We know this. I mean, it's the slightest of margins. Yes, it sure is. And even even like that play is not a great play. Which it's one? not the Tyree play. Like, it's what a cool catch and all that, but it's like, it wasn't like he got free. Eli saw him step back, hit him in stride. Like that was a funky play. Oh yeah, you know, and as almost uh, got sacked. Oh my gosh, he was. Yeah, oh, he was in the grass. Yep, yep. And then even on that play, as they showed it in this documentary, and Tom Brady is talking about it, and Tom Brady says, "Look, look." He's like, "If that ball's tipped, and you look around, there's five. Right. Not only co- not the guys covering Tyree." There were five random Patriots around that. It gets picked off. Right. If it's tipped or that's it. Yeah. And it's yeah. just amazing. Well, and that's the difference between winning and losing. You talk about the Seahawks Super Bowl that they won uh, at the end with the interception at the goal line. The game like that. In that case, they won it when it looked like they were going to lose. This one, you thought they'd win. They lost. I mean. Yeah. Things in life balance out, Al. It, they sure do, Jerry. And that the Knicks balanced things out with last night winning when they should have lost, when they lost, when they probably should have beat Houston. Right, and that's what they say with good teams, Jerry. They find ways to win those games they shouldn't win. Yes, there right? are. There's a there's a lot to that, correct. Sometimes everything's not perfect, and sometimes you need a little luck on your side. You do. That is true. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jerry, I've got a new person I'm looking up to. His name is Ryan Clark. You'll recall Ryan Clark of ESPN, yeah, former I player. I do not understand this for the life of me. He, uh, I his, don't get it. His contract expired with ESPN. Yeah. He put out a hype video. Yeah, we played it last week. Where you played it. He essentially said, uh, I want to do less work and make more money. Mm. And we all laughed and laughed. And now he's uh, back. So what's the contract? Doesn't say yet. So how do we know he's going to work less and make more? I'm not sure. So we have any details on the contract? Would you not? Okay. So all we know is that they re-signed him. Correct. Okay. So we're not quite there yet. But I kind of have a feeling he got his uh, way. Either that or his agent said, hey, dumbass, no one else is going <laughs> to sign you. Oh. This is what ESPN's offering. Hmm. Like, are you running to ESPN to watch? No offense. I no, mean, but I, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes, like, guys, you just have to make people believe and then well, but again, we don't know the contract. The we don't. We don't know the contract. I don't necessarily know that he got more for less. I don't know that. I'm going to put out a hype video today. I mean, ESPN's another one of these companies that has laid off a lot of people. I know. It's, it's But then it's weird. Then they'll sign somebody for $50 million. It doesn't make any sense. Well, Stephen A. Smith gets a lot of the money. Right. <laughs> I mean, and good for him. I'm going to do a hype video today, Jerry. Go Hi, for it. I'm Al. I want to do less. And make more. Mm-hmm. I'll well, post that. I mean, this hour is you're doing more for less. <laughs> we you could start I do that already. We could start. No, no, you're not. You're doing the opposite. You're you want to do less for more right now. You're doing more for less. Yes, it's the opposite, Jerry. <laughs> Correct. I need to do the opposite of that. <laughs> why don't you post? Why don't you scrub Man. FAN from all of your social Scrubbing. media? 
and then post some videos. And see how that goes? Yes. All right. It's a tactic. I don't know if it'll work. It's a tactic. A warm-up show with me and Flegelman tomorrow. <laughs> Do not put Flegelman in my spot. Trust me, I'm kidding. Uh, so this is an interesting one, Jerry, and I, I think I can safely say I know who Aaron Andrews is talking oh, about. Oh, you you know this? <clears throat> well, I, I do. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the uh, article about the podcast. Can I? Pl- I want to play it yes, for you. Yes, please though. do, Jerry. I was so excited. I was going right. to do this after the break. Oh, you want to do it after the break? No, we can play it now. All right, do we it have now. time? So well, do it live now. I saw this last night. Yeah, and I made a little notation. I'm like, this is right up Al's alley because who is one of your favorite players of all time? Johnny Lynch. Well, you the now best. have another reason to love John Lynch. Not just the Bucks player, but the man. Okay. So Aaron Andrews on her Calm Down podcast with Carissa Thompson, they take, you know, viewer questions. And one of the questions was, have you ever been, ever had such a bad day at work where you felt like you wanted to run away and hide or go crawl in a hole and just be left alone? To where she then recounts as an intern, what she said? She said a young. She started to say she was an intern, but then she's like, no, maybe I wasn't an intern. Whatever, I'll play the clip. She was 19 or 20 years old. It's 30 seconds, but it's worth it, especially if you're a John Lynch fan. I was working kind of freelance for an Orlando station, and they wanted sound from the Bucks locker room. And a particular player was so nasty to me. Mm -hmm. Um, He physically turned his back away from me in the middle of his scrum. He also told me to go back, rehearse my question, and come back when I was ready. I was mortified. I was 19, 20 years old. Um, I had practiced. I did slip up a little bit. I like stumbled. He knew it. He knew I was young. I instantly started having tears come down my face. And two players in particular, Derek Brooks and John Lynch, saw it, pulled me over, and said, what do you need? How about that? And I 100% guarantee the douche player was Warren I know. <laughs> I know it was. Gonna, it might have been. It probably I was, was in that locker room yeah. all the time. Do you remember 19-year-old Aaron Andrews? I don't, Jerry. Oh, baby, though. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it might have been him. She 100% it was him. She did not. He was the, the only douche in the locker room. In the clip that I saw um, that I grabbed, I did not see. Now, I do have the whole. I actually went and got the. Um, I didn't subscribe to the show, but I went and got the show. So I, I'm recording the entire thing. I'm going to tweet at her. I'm gonna, we know it was Warren Sapp. You should. I was there. I could just say I was there, even though I wasn't there. Well, you, but you were I probably there. was there. You're right. I was going to say you were in that locker room. He tried. Well, I was going to say he tried to intimidate me. He did intimidate me. <laughs> it did work. <laughs> he turned his back on you and tell you to go rehearse. No, he stood up over me, tried to physically intimidate me. Yeah. And it even got written up in the Hubert Mizell column of the St. Pete Times, so that's facts. Was your name in it? Yes. Really? My name was in it. How about that's correct. That? So That's got to be somewhere in an archive. It has to be, yeah. Had to be 97, 98. All right, so there's two things we got to find now. Yes. We got to find that article, uh-huh. and we need somebody to give us Geo saying goodbye to Pittsburgh. The audio. <laughs> that's gold. The crying goodbye oh, to Pittsburgh. Oh, that would be the way he is made, for, and he admits it. The way he has made fun of people that cry when yeah. they say goodbye, it, he, I think he literally has had that tape buried because he has admitted to how bad it is. Yeah, we've got to. So those two things now we've got to find. Just don't know if anybody's got either of them. I think what happened, uh, as I saw in this uh, Patriots documentary, when the uh, Spygate tapes, yeah, were after the investigation and destroyed. Was, yeah, a a girl who worked in the office said she was told to get a hammer and smash the tapes. Yeah, I know. 
So that's what Geo probably did this. <laughs> <laughs> we used to record all the audio in Astoria on VHS tapes. <laughs> so maybe Geo took a sledgehammer to the VHS tapes in uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> all right, quick break. When we come back, another football story, kind of vulgar too and rude, and it involves the Jets. We'll have that, the audio, and more on the fan.